0: We've talked about the biggest questions for the Cincinnati Bengals in training camp this year. We've talked about the offense. Well, now let's give the defense a turn in a training camp preview. You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're on the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, and you can subscribe to this show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts and become a first listener. Make us your first listener every day. Become an everydayer. Don't miss an episode as we're ramping up with five days a week, James. We're back to our regular schedule with training camp right around the corner. And today... We're turning our attention and our focus to the defense, which sometimes we don't give enough attention to. We, we try our best to be an equal opportunity podcast here and discuss the important aspects of this football team as necessary and as pertinent to various news cycles and things like that. But the identity of this team is is so largely carried by its superstars on offense that sometimes the defense, I think, is a little bit overshadowed. And today, today is their day, James. Their day to shine, their day to be in our focus.
1: Sure, and they deserve it. They've been a huge part of this two-year run, and expectations, I think, are really high for for Lou's crew again this year, and they should be because they they return a lot of those same guys, and there's some young faces that can do some different things, and I think that's probably where we should start is the new look. No Jesse Bates, no Von Bell. The secondary certainly feels a bit different. Uh, that safety room feels a lot different. Mike Thomas, obviously, returning as as the veteran in that room. They signed Nick Scott. Obviously, you had a guy like Jordan Battle with the 95th pick. We know what Dax Hill uh, is expected to bring, being the 31st pick last year. And then, obviously, you have Tyson Anderson in there as well. So it's, it's a much different room than it was a year ago or a couple of years ago. And, and I think that's where we should start.
0: Yeah, it is quite different with your top three guys. Maybe even if Tyson Anderson is your fourth guy, your top four guys could be entirely different than your top four guys were last year. Even though Daxel was one of those top guys, he wasn't the top guy, which he will be this year. At least that's the expectation, right? And how many safeties they keep is always interesting. You just talked to Tyson Anderson, didn't you, for uh, – yeah. Cincinnati bengals talk what was the general vibe with tyson anderson is he ready to make this team and, and be the fourth safety or what yeah
1: i i would be surprised that's what someone the other day before talking with tyson because they had heard that i was talking with or it might have been after the conversation either way i think he makes the team like if yeah. i'm giving my 53 like i don't really think that's a question i think athleticism wise he's certainly willing to contribute on special teams he's put in the work this offseason i I think it's a matter of, all right, it, th- does he push for that that third spot more than people realize, or is he just nestled into that fourth spot more than it is roster battle, he makes the team, he doesn't make the team?
0: I mean, there was a point in the offseason before they signed Nick Scott, before the draft, when we were talking about, well, it's Daxell and Tyson Anderson, let's see what happens. And, and we weren't really sure what they were going to add, and then they added significant veteran depth. But the Tyson Anderson question is, Not the most significant question facing the safeties, and we've talked about these quite a bit. You lose a top 10, top five safety, depending on whose top 10 list you like the best, but a very, very good safety among the NFL's best in Jesse Bates. You lose a guy who was a big leader in the locker room, a key communicator, a guy that Lou Anaruma really trusted, a guy I think they were surprised to lose in Von Bell as he goes to Carolina, both going to the AFC South. And they had the idea that they would lose Jesse Bates, obviously, after negotiations with the franchise tag didn't go very well. And they tried to extend his contract for a couple of years and couldn't get it done. And they drafted ahead with Dax Hill. And that's where the expectation is for Dax Hill. Jesse Bates was a second round pick who was a big hit immediately playing significant snaps for this team. And then Dax Hill was a guy they picked a year ahead at the end of the first round. And, and, probably higher expectations for Dax Hill as a prospect Mm -hmm. than Jesse Bates coming into the league. And yet people, I don't know. It seems like people are a little bit more down on Dax Hill than perhaps it's deserved. I think that it's going to be really interesting to see how they use these guys from just a a curiosity perspective, because Dax Hill is a guy that you could see aligning everywhere. Nick Scott has more of that traditional free, free deep safety experience, but How they use these guys and how they can run the back of that Lou Anarumo defense where so much communication ran through those safeties last year will be very interesting. And and those safeties, did so much work when the Bengals were thin at corner to keep things going, to keep the pass defense strong when they were thinner at corner last year. That will be certainly one of the bigger storylines to watch in camp. Does Jordan Battle get in there more? How how are they deploying Dax Hill and Tyson or and and, and Nick Scott? Those are very interesting questions in this training no, camp.
1: No doubt. I think it's it's one of the major ones is what is Dax Hill's role? And he played that Jesse Bates role last in camp and last offseason and was thriving in it. Had a good start to the preseason and in really good preseason overall. And then he went from playing all those snaps to just not and not playing at all because Bates was back. And obviously there was a trust level built there, but I I expect him to be not Bates, but like snap wise, I think he's going to be out there a ton and you're right. I, I think they're more versatile than they were. And I know Lou asked Vaughn and Jesse to do a lot and do different things. And there were times when Jesse was uh, closer to the line of scrimmage and, and a lot of times he wasn't, but they asked him to do it. Some, I think Dax is more versatile. And I, I think that, You can deploy. You might not do three safety looks, but they're more interchangeable. You may have the Jordan Battle packages where it's like, okay, Nick, we don't need you here. Dax, you can play deep battle. You're going to play closer to the line of scrimmage. Or, hey, Nick, we we need you here. Play deep. And we want Dax to to follow this receiver, this tight end this week, depending on who it is. I, I think that they're multiple in that way. So three safety looks, I don't anticipate it being a huge thing but i do think that we're going to see more guys rotate because there shouldn't be much trust built much equity built with these safeties in luana rumo and you see it in practice but none of these guys have played substantial snaps in games on defense dax did a little bit last year but not a lot for lou so i think that's the part of it is all of these guys are going to have to earn that trust starting in camp Obviously, that, that relationship has already started in, in OTAs, but we're going to see a, a little bit more of a rotation than we've seen in years past.
0: Yeah, Dax, his biggest contributions for the Bengals on defense last year, was were a corner. Not, you know, coming in and playing slot corner for that one game in Week 15, coming in to defend tight ends in the slot. The The upside, though, for... Dax is like Micah Fitzpatrick level versatility, or Tyran Matthew kind of versatility, where they can put him in a variety of alignments, and and that's where maybe the the room on the whole is is not necessarily not every one of these pieces is incredibly versatile, but Dax Hill has a chance to be that superstar kind of you can move him anywhere kind of safety if everything Mm -hmm. comes together for him because he has the athleticism to do it obviously. And, you know, we were talking about can he play corner when they drafted him and then they did play him at corner last year and he had to play all these different positions. So the opportunity for him to have a role that he knows what it's going to be coming into the season and, and consistency in repping those roles, whatever those various versatile alignments are for him could be really big. And, I think it was very important that they added a veteran in Nick Scott. We were talking mm-hmm. about this throughout the offseason, which safety is it going to be? You know, We were talking about Juan Thornhill. We were talking about Nick Scott's former teammate, Taylor Rapp. Those guys both end up elsewhere. And then Nick Scott, when, when they end up signing him, is a guy that a lot of people hadn't necessarily heard of because he's only started for a year in the NFL, but, but didn't make sense in terms of what this team – was kind of looking for to complement Dax Hill. So questions in the safety room, yes. Communication certainly a big one. And and there could be some growing pains, but at, at least Dax Hill was in this on this team all year last year. They got the experience from Michael Thomas, Tyson Anderson with this team all year last year. So they have at least some pieces that have that experience in the system. And they will answer some of these questions, I think, pretty early in the offseason. A bunch more to talk about on this defense. If you're watching it on YouTube, you can see it. The defensive line, depth questions, where the pass rush is coming from, cornerback health. We'll get into some of those questions and more coming up next.
1: Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, We're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny Iyer has picked out on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. And if you're looking to make a smooth turn in fantasy football, snake drafts with the last pick of the first round and first pick of the second round, you'll be guaranteed to have a winning one, two punch with Colts running back, Jonathan Taylor and Browns running back Nick Chubb with back to back picks. While Taylor's a perfect rebound candidate in a more run-friendly offense, Chubb is also set to dominate with more of a combined workload in Cleveland. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Well, it's the same with your vehicle. With eBay guaranteed fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And we'll make sure that it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just one click away. For parts, accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, get the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply.
0: James, the Cincinnati Bengals have added some very significant pieces to their defensive line. There's still some questions, but they've added a lot of edge rush talent and a lot of edge rush depth, at least. So there's one part of this defensive line where you can look at the depth and say, they've done a lot of work there. You feel pretty good about those guys.
1: I mean, they added two guys, right? I'm just...
0: This year, but you go back to the oh, last couple y- of years. You're talking sample, cumulative. Joseph Osage. Yeah, Jeff you're Gunther, talking cumulative. Bash and sure. Miles Murphy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I agree. I feel really good about the depth overall. I don't think it was a huge, huge issue going into the offseason. Pass rush, I think, was discussed. But, yeah, you look at it now and it's like, how much is Miles Murphy going to play? Is Terrell Basham going to make the team? Like, because there's just so much there and in that room. And I think the the way this room kind of – needs to how it needs to play out at least is one of and I think Cam Sample already took a step so you you wonder if he could take another step but I think one of Joseph Osai or Miles Murphy they really need to flash regularly as an edge rusher and I think it's probably more realistic that Joseph Osai does that in year 3 we've seen it we saw what he was able to do during that playoff run last year certainly in the Kansas City game made an impact and so Can he take another step and help? Because Trey Hendrickson, they've been banking on him to be that dude over the past couple of years. And that's fine. High expectations for him. Sam Hubbard coming off of a career year. I get it. But you need another guy, another edge rusher. And so whether it's Murphy or whether it's Osai or someone else, hopefully one of these guys emerges. But they do. They have a lot of depth. And if, if they miss... Hendrickson for a game or two, like they did last year. Obviously, Hubbard got dinged up as well last year. I do think they have the depth to survive a game or two if they need it.
0: You'd like Miles Murphy for that reason, I think. Hopefully, if they need him to play any significant time, it's later on into the year because he has all the tools, all the athletic tools, as we've discussed since they drafted him. To be a very, very good pass rusher, a very, very good edge defender in the NFL. So if you can see that that's starting to come together early in the season and his role grows over the course of the year as he is a first round pick who should be forcing his way onto the field, the Bengals are in a good spot from a pass rushing perspective because we, we have talked a lot about Sam Hubbard having a great year and he did have a great year last year. But when Trey Hendrickson was off the field, the pass rush lost a lot of its teeth. They could still have some productivity here and there. DJ Reader, great pushing the pocket up the middle. BJ Hill has his moments. Sam Hubbard certainly has his moments. Uh, Brandon Thorne did a big project on, as as he does, I I think, um, for sacks every year. He's been doing sack quality and adjusted sack rates. And the way that works is essentially get more credit for a sack that involves you beating the tackle instead of you coming unblocked or you getting cleanup sack. And he did that same methodology and he applied it to pressures. And really, it's it's Trey Hendrickson, the one-man show in Cincinnati, in terms of quality of consistent pressure. And they need another guy who can add more teeth and, and a little bit more of a threat that's not just, we're going to hold up in the, in the back end, our back seven, our back eight, depending on how many players drop into coverage you're going to hold up and we're going to get home eventually, getting some more of those quick wins would be very beneficial, especially on the edge. So when you're looking at Osai and Miles Murphy in particular as guys that could be dynamic pass rushers and have those athletic traits, you're hoping that one or both of those guys can be big contributors for this team in a rotational basis because Sam Hubbard's still going to play a ton. He's still the best run-defending defensive end on this team. Cam Sample had some, some good progress in that direction last year too, like you mentioned, but from a pass rush perspective, you're definitely looking at those guys. And then when you look at the interior, it's a bit of a different story where there are some concerns about depth. You can see five guys that are very likely to make the team, assuming that JT is still a guy that they like. But Zach Carter is a big question mark, right? You kind of know who BJ Hill is at this point. You know who DJ Reader is at this point. Both of those guys are good to elite players. And if Zach Carter can take a step and give you some juice, on the defensive interior, as he's reportedly added some weight and done things like that, getting used to the position, and he got better as the year went on. That would be a huge, huge boon for this team at a position where we're talking about, like tight end, like where's the depth? Are they going to sign a guy there? That That's the tight end-like spot of the defense.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Is Can one of these young guys emerge? Zach is, is that the obvious one. I don't really know who else would do that. I don't think there's much out there for them to address right versus tight end where it's like, Oh, well, there could be a guy here or there. Maybe they'll bring back a familiar face. I I don't, I don't see that. So I think it is internal and part of it. I I really do wonder when we talk about Hubbard a lot, do you try to play him inside at least some to take some of those snaps? Because there's so much depth on the edge. I think that's an option. Murphy could be in the mix there as well. If they feel comfortable with him on the inside, but they need Zach Carter to take a step, and when they drafted him, I think it surprised some, but he showed some flashes at the end of last year, and they, they need that to continue because if, if he could take a step, Reader, I think he's in line for his best season because we saw what he did last year, and his injury kept him from that, from having his, his best overall season. But contract year, this is where he can really go get the bag. And obviously, there's there's plenty of other motivation, winning a ring, all of those things. So, I, I expect a lot out of DJ Reader, Josh Tupos in a, a, a contract year as well. So, you know, those guys have something to prove. So, overall, I think this defensive line is really good. It's not. I don't. I wouldn't put it in the great category. I think it's really good. I think the depth is there in a, a lot of areas, but you do wish they had one more three tech. Like if they had and I'm not going to say Larry Ogunjobi, but someone like that, right? Then you'd feel really good about it. And so maybe Zach Carter can develop a bit more this year and, and maybe not be Larry Ogunjobi, but but be more effective in that role.
0: Ogunjobi, yeah. If you had another guy at that price point, like eight to $10 million, this might be – this is like rivaling the Eagles in terms of resources spent on your defensive line at that point and the Eagles have a great defensive line with insane depth so that's not a bad thing right like that's not a bad problem to have as far as free agents out there it's kind of for, for guys I think they would even potentially be interested it's kind of like Matt Ioannidis and nothing and and mm-hmm. and guys on the last year of their career and Sue is a guy that we've talked about from time to time but he's really getting long in the tooth at this point for the NFL. So I I think I agree with you that if it's a guy that they're going to bring in, it's probably, you know, waiver claim kind of guy, not necessarily going to be a a big name that we know of, but Hey, maybe they swing another trade, you know, maybe they're maybe that's a trade uh, area to target. We've talked about that with tight end as well, much more uh, distant possibility for a position like running back where there are some guys out on the market that they could still bring in, but uh, so, some very interesting, I think, scheme questions or, or personnel questions for the defensive interior on pass rushing downs. And it's something yeah. we have talked about a lot. Excited to see where they're getting some guys aligned. And this is something that you can see in training camp on the defensive interior early in the season in training camp, where they're working these guys, where they're getting them reps. Another question. Notice we're not talking about linebacker. Is cornerback with Chidobe Awuzie's health something that will be under the microscope early in training camp? Let's finish up the conversation on the defense there coming up next.
1: Cornerback, 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 Jake. It's one of the most important positions, and I think the Bengals have one of the most underrated number one corners in the NFL in Chidobe Awuzie, He's in like the DJ Reader underrated level. He really is. Like He's not mentioned. In that top ten corner realm, and part of it is he's coming off of an injury, but I don't think he really was before. And he tweeted of, I think it was like a week ago, back to feeling like myself. He looked great during OTAs, and I think one of the the main storylines early in camp will be is Cheeto participating. And I don't expect him to do much team stuff, but is he doing all the other stuff, the individual stuff, right away? Is he cleared for that? Wouldn't be shocked if he is, and if he is, you know, signs point to him potentially playing week one, and that that's the big question mark, I think, in that room. Can Cheeto suit up week one? Will he be effective? Because if so, cornerback room, I, I feel pretty good about their depth, about the, the proven guys, about the young guys, and, and what they have in that area.
0: Would you be shocked if he's ready to go at the beginning of training camp, though? I mean, he was injured week eight, which – you know, not quite a full year, you know, Halloween, there, there's Halloween, few. just
1: in any had surgery in November, just to give people an idea of,
0: yeah. So, of you know, you're, you're a few, a few months short of the full year that a lot of times people talk about with ACL recoveries, but we've seen ACL recoveries be quicker and quicker. I know that corner is, you know, an extremely dynamic position in terms of lateral movement and cutting and things like that. So you want him to be hundred percent healthy. I'm not saying that you should expect to see him at the beginning of training camp, but would it shock you if a guy like Cheeto, what from what we've seen with from him so far is ready to go pretty early in camp?
1: No, it wouldn't. And, and that's it. You're right. It almost isn't fair about expectations, but after watching what he did six weeks ago
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: how he was moving without a brace, jumping, cutting, running, like, and I posted video, but like in person, it's, crazy the way his feet were moving it's like he's doing all that i mean obviously he's much better now than he was then barring anything unforeseen obviously i referenced his tweet so wouldn't shock me one bit ultimately it's going to come down to the doctors actually clearing him hopefully he does put something on that knee if he does participate in individual drills i also get not doing it i i do um if if he doesn't need the compression or anything like that for swelling so yeah we will see Uh, but this is a a guy that has just as much motivation. There, there are a lot of guys on this defense. I mean, it's contract year for him, and if he plays at a high level, whether it's in Cincinnati or elsewhere, he's going to get paid with uh, multiple money signs at the end of it.
0: Money signs at the end, zeros at the end.
1: No paid. See in a text, it's paid, and then I you see. just add multiple money signs. I see. That's
0: all. Yeah. So, so We're all sometimes to get paid. Money sometimes sign, money we sign, lose money context with with vocal. Communication, in addition to losing tone and text, uh, it's an important piece. That, that's like one of the most important questions for this defense: is mm-hmm. how strong their depth is at corner. Hinges on Shinobi Uzi's health, because yeah. Mike Hilton, Cam Taylor, Britt. If those are your slot and cornerback two, with che- Cheeto ready to go, being himself at corner one, you feel great about the depth they have at corner with mm-hmm. second-round pick DJ Turner, who we think highly of. Jalen Davis, who they think very highly of, enough to give him a two-year deal to play in the slot to back up Mike Hilton. And uh, free agent that's now, we're talking about a, a roster battle for Sidney Jones because their seventh-round pick, DJ Ivy is a guy that's drawn a lot of, I, I think, somewhat surprising praise. People are making sure to bring him up in conversations about some guys that have stood out in the offseason sure. program in OTAs, yep. and so DJ Ivy is a guy that's like, okay, let's see, did, did they find a little gem in the seventh round here in in yeah. a guy that we've hardly even talked about, but it's been noticeable that coaches and, and players and they're talking about some standouts in the offseason program have b- brought him up a few times. I hope I brought him up
1: and did a, did him some some service during OTAs. No, he played what played at a high level. And the thing that you notice with him, you said little, and I know you weren't describing his physical stature, but he's not, he, I mean, he looks like a really long arms, to, you know, has the size that you're looking for. And I think that's what they said. They, they said, man, this guy kind of fits the profile mm-hmm. of a guy that, that we could make work. And so it wouldn't shock me if he pushed the back end of that room. Right. Like I know they really like Alan George and they really like some of those guys in the back end But seventh rounder, I I think DJ Ivey's certainly in that mix. It's gonna be hard though. It's gonna be hard to push and actually get there. Mm -hmm. But it 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 could happen. And it's certainly built uh, for it. But like, you know, you have Sidney Jones there. You obviously have DJ Turner. Like it's it's tough. It's a it's a tough room to make. Wouldn't shock me, and a lot of times these camp battles kind of solve themselves. Like last year, the Bengals had a lot of safeties, and Tyson Anderson got hurt. It kind of solved itself. Well, we'll see what happens, but you know that that type of stuff, that type of attrition, does happen during camp. Hopefully not. Hopefully everybody's healthy, but but usually that these things solve themselves.
0: Yeah, you hope everybody's healthy, and you, you mentioned contract years of motivation. There are so many contract years on this defense on this team. It's crazy. in general yeah. at this point dj reader tyler boyd should obey jonah williams t higgins and some of these might not end up being contract years but irv smith josh tupo logan wilson you go down the list there's a lot of guys that are on one-year deals or in the last year of their deal akeem davis gaither another one still trying to figure out if he can be uh, a full-time player in the nfl won't get that answer this year with the return of jermaine pratt and that consistency continuity at at the linebacker level, which is why we haven't talked about the linebackers at all. This is essentially the same exact room or or is it actually literally the same exact room? There might be some differences, I guess when you get to death, I think it's the same exact room, the same five guys. So not much to talk about in terms of change there, except for does Logan Wilson get an extension as well? The way that they brought back Jermaine Pratt, is there a DJ reader extension? Is there Chidobe Abusie extension? Do any of these veterans get third contracts? Do they get a second contract done for, for Logan Wilson? Those are some of the other storylines on the defense. And then, go ahead.
1: Just, just linebacker-wise, Shaka Hayward and Jalen Moody, I know there are some, some fans of those guys uh, that listen to the pod. So we'll see if those undrafted guys make a push at all. Yeah, uh, Not necessarily to make the roster, but to, to stick around or, or make another roster in the because there's just not a spot right now again, unless they it keep could solve six. itself, yeah. I, which oh, tough, it's tough to do that, no well, doubt.
0: Because we're talking about six corners, we're talking about six or seven wide receivers, we're talking about eight yep. to ten offensive linemen, probably more than less. There, talking about maybe four running backs again. If they choose to keep four running backs again, there's a lot of spots where they might go a little bit heavier. And and that necessitates cuts elsewhere, and we'll talk about that when we get to some 53-man projections a little bit later in the offseason. But some other interesting points on defense, I think, are are some of the fringe roster battles. We talked about Terrell Basham a little bit, Jeff Gunter, Mm -hmm. another guy who has his work cut out for him to make this team because you're already locked in, I think, on five guys on the defensive edge, for for edge defenders unless there's yeah. a trade there which i have a hard time imagining i think they really like all those guys they don't like to trade players they like that's not generally how the nfl works it, it's hard to imagine they keep six there so i think there's similar uh similar battles at the back end of the corner room that we just talked about as well so some very interesting back end roster battles there We'll we'll probably spend some more time on roster battles as we get into training camp oh, for sure the
1: too. Yeah, for sure. It's there aren't as many questions about the Bengals as there are a lot of teams, mm-hmm. and and a lot of that has to do with their depth. But that means that there are going to be guys that shine in the preseason, that look awesome, and it happened last year too. And they don't make the team, and they could get claimed, or they may end up on the practice squad, and that's yeah. That's the part of it that's always tough. I know, but this this is a hard team to make. And the Bengals have a lot of talent and they brought in some talent. So we'll see if any of these guys DJ Ivy on down, I think is where it gets gets really interesting uh, on and, and on, Honestly I, is a defensive episode, but even Andre Yosavosh, he's going to have to earn a roster spot. So some of these draft picks uh, are maybe not on the outside looking in in Andre's case, but he's going to have to earn that. if He's going to make the team
0: and we'll just say I'll, I'll just put this disclaimer out there now for anyone who's still listening uh, at the end of the episode here a lot of guys that get cut probably 95% of them make it to the practice squad. So just keep that in mind when, when everyone's bringing their hands in about a month here about the cut down and worried about guys getting scooped off, scooped up off the waiver wire. It does happen for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of the, a lot of the time those guys go on to other teams and they're just, you know, game day inactives anyway, or play a few a handful of snaps and aren't making a huge difference. So, mm-hmm. um, that's a good place to be. The top forty-five plus fifty, maybe, on this team. Maybe we should count it up one day here. The top forty-five to fifty players on this team, I think, are known, and that includes uh, some specialists, which we we didn't have a ton of time to talk about here because I don't think there's a ton to say about it. But Calidamitis and Evan McPherson are locked in place. There's no competition for them, and Drew Christmas Brad Robbins. Well. We've talked about that quite a bit. We're we're expecting Brad Robbins to have a pretty impressive preseason and and training camp. So we'll certainly watch a specialist and talk to you about them as as those battles develop, as a punt returner work figures itself out. Charlie Jones expected to be a, a major candidate there as he is trying to solidify his position on the team. Trent Taylor I think one of his avenues to the team is proving that he is their best punt returner, and that's going to be a difficult task for him this year. But we'll have plenty of time to talk about special teams throughout training camp as well, and we'll make sure we have you covered on who's taking those punt return reps, who's taking those kick return reps, all that sort of stuff. His training camp is right around the corner. I don't know how many times we've said it this week, but it gets increasingly true until next Wednesday comes the rant, and we'll have you covered with those training camp updates, right? It's twenty six. Is Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Okay, good. We'll have you covered with those training camp updates when training camp opens here on Lockdown Bengals, and we're still expecting some Ring of Honor news this week. We'll talk about that as well. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. day, and have a good one.